Welcome to Watersheds July podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. Cinemas are opening this month, but the experience will not be as we previously knew it, at least not until Covid's influence is eradicated or certainly more under control. Everyone is working on how to open a public space at a time when too many public in one space is not the best thing for people's health. It's an irony worthy of Joseph Heller's Catch-22. Evidence from various surveys, though, suggests that cinema-going is up there as an activity that people are keen to get back to. First comes seeing family, then eating out, then cinema as a social and recreational thing to do, which is heartening to hear. At Watershed, we've taken a decision to not open immediately, but reopen in early September. Frankly, we're not in a position to simply open this month. The practicalities and economics do not stack up. I read somewhere that closing something down is much easier than opening something up. Factor in social distancing in a building which is not designed for social distancing, and it's a little bit tricky. We are working through the myriad details of these implications for our building, for the health and safety of our staff and audiences. It's going to take a bit more time, but we'll get there. But apart from these myriad details, there is another small but pressing issue of the films themselves. What new films are there going to be to show? As exhibitors are thinking through reopening, so distributors are starting the machinery of getting films into cinemas. You can see the difficulties in the commercial mainstream with Christopher Nolan's Tenet. First, they stuck to a date in July, which seemed an admirable statement of intent. It felt like Nolan was going to be the saviour of cinema and Tenet was his white charger. However, for a film of such a scale to be successful, it needs cinemas not just in the UK, but primarily in America. And given the unpredictabilities there, the distributor has moved it later in the month. It doesn't feel like things will settle down to business as usual anytime soon. Similarly, with smaller films, they will need a scale of screens to make it financially viable. And as per before, reopening is going to be gradual. So it will take a while to get back to film releases as per normal. I remember I used to moan that there were too many films released a week. Something like 15 to 20 films released pre-Covid. What a luxury that now seems. There are some films in the pipeline. For example, Sarah Gavron's Wonderful Rocks, made with a brilliant ensemble of non-professional teenagers, and Rose Glass's exceptional debut St Maud, which brings the UK horror genre back to life. But as I say, distributors are starting the process of prepping marketing campaigns and PR, waiting to see how many screens, how many seats, how much size of audience they might be able to reach. A programming option for Watershed, and that I'm thinking through, is that we pick up where we left off and show some of the great films whose runs were cut short. Films like Pedro Costa's Vitalina Varelli, Philippa Lothorpe's Misbehaviour, and Oliver Laxey's Fire Will Come. Or on reopening, we could go down the repertory route. And of course, that would be a lovely route to go down, because down that particular path is where cinema is rediscovered. On a side note, this month is when we normally host Cinema Rediscovered, our Festival of Restorations, Lost and Found Classics. 
The festival grew out of a number of things. The fact that we were getting appreciative audiences for older films at Watershed, whether they were silent films with live accompaniment or more contemporary. I remember thinking when we got packed audiences for films like Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West, John Boorman's Deliverance, Akiri Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, how much people appreciated seeing the films in the cinema. As people have more and more access to films on different platforms, I do believe they welcome the opportunity to see films back in their natural environment. I also remember when we screened Boorman's Deliverance off of a 35mm print. At one point the image froze on screen and that spectacular event happened where the frame burnt on screen. It is surely one of the most awe-inspiring sights, epic and dramatic as the screen seems to melt and burn. The audience collectively wowed. The reality is in fact more mundane. A couple of frames from the film are lost and once the projectionist cuts them out it would barely register on repeat viewing. Where there were 24 frames a second, there is now maybe 20 frames in that particular second. When people came out of the screening there was such a buzz with someone saying to me, I've heard about that happening but never seen it before. It was incredible, thanks very much. The fun to be had with 35mm. This realisation that there was more demand for seeing classics back in the cinema was further evidenced when we screened an Andre Tarkovsky retrospective. Tarkovsky's work is one of the high watermarks of the cinematic arts. Although seen as challenging, austere, foreboding, the cinematic equivalent of James Joyce's Ulysses, many have started, but never finished. All these films had been restored and released, Tarkovsky that is, rather than Joyce, and I decided to play them as though they were new releases. So they would open on a Friday, play for a week. Some people, even the distributor, thought I had maybe lost the plot. However, if you want to give prominence to something, they need to be prominent. I was pleased to see that we consistently got great audiences, keen to see these essential cinematic works in the cinema. So I knew there was an audience appetite to see older films. As I've said before, we're blessed in Bristol by having a really strong cinephile, and indeed cineast culture, which ranges from Africa Eye to Southwest Silence, and from individual enthusiasts to community and cultural groups, who see film as an important way of engaging audiences. Then there is the huge influence of Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna, a festival which holds the history of film culture in its heart and keeps it alive on screens year-round through the Cineteca di Bologna. Over the years, the festival has grown and demonstrated the passion for the history of cinema on screen. After a number of years attending, I came back and, like they do in the movies, said, we need to put the whole show on here. With the blessing of Il Cinemario Trovato director Gianluca Farinelli and the help of a team of Bristol cinephiles, we did just that. This month we'd have seen the fifth edition, which is now on hold until 2021. Pre-lockdown I was already thinking of how the autumn was looking with new films. Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch was rumoured to be a headliner at Cannes. There was Ammonite, the follow-up feature from God's Own director Francis Lee, also rumoured to be heading that way. The popular image of the Cannes Film Festival is glitz, glamour and red carpet, but it is one of the most important markets for new films. From Cannes, I am able to get a sense of how the next 18 months in cinema might be shaping up. 
With it and others cancelled, the whole cycle of films going from production to market to cinemas is seriously disrupted. Can did list the 2020 film programme and there's a tantalising selection of films including the Anderson and Lee, plus two from Steve McQueen and many more. However, the market in Cannes is where many, many more films from around the world that do not reach the red carpet are bought and sold. When it was announced then that the market was going online, I was just a wee bit sceptical how this was going to work. So at the end of last month, I sat at my kitchen table and went off to the Marché du Film. Having got through 14 films, I was impressed at how effective the process was. I'm not going to get into the question of what the future of film festivals in a post-Covid world is, and that's for another time, but I can report back that I hope that I might be able to screen some of the 14 films I watched at Watershed. These included La Fortaleza from Venezuela, Jorge Thielen Arman's follow-up to La Soledad is a striking intense exploration of the decline of the country's middle classes. A Common Crime, Argentinian director Francisco Marquez's third film speaks to some of the concerns of Black Lives Matter about perceptions and not-so-unconscious bias in terms of class. It features a great performance from Elisa Caricaco as a sociology professor who is made to rethink her principles. Isabel Lamberti's debut feature, Last Days of Spring, follows a family living in the margins of Madrid in temporary housing who have to move when the land is sold. It has the energy and the urgency of early Ken Loach. Slovakian filmmaker Mira Forney's Cook Fuck Kill reminded me of the haunting, deathly dark humour of Franz Kafka, and not just because the main character is called Juroslav K. There are some excellent visual techniques and scenes which make this film quite special. In Polish film Sweat, actress Magdalena Kolznik's performance as a social media lifestyle coach who comes to realise that image and reality are not the same is quite excellent. The director, Magnus von Horn, navigates the emotions with the detached lens and moral complexity reminiscent of the great Polish filmmaker Krzysztof Kieslowski. I emphasise that I hope to screen these films at Watershed because first of all they have to be bought by a distributor and a distributor has to have the confidence they will have a significant market in the UK. Complicated times, but watch this space. In the meantime, definitely coming up this month in a virtual cinema form, our Icelandic film, A White White Day, which premiered at last year's Toronto Film Festival. If you like Scandi Noir in general, and all things Icelandic, this is a must. It wraps a historical crime around a recently retired policeman's life and does so with some striking visuals. Chinonwe Chukwa's powerful clemency won the US Dramatic Prize at last year's Sundance Film Festival, making the Nigerian-American the first black woman to win at the festival. Alfred Woodward is excellent as a prison governor whose mental resilience begins to collapse under the emotional weight of the procedures of death row. It's a tremendous performance from Woodward, who I remembered from John Sale's Passion Fish, and great to see her in a lead role. And also Wendell Pierce as her husband. Pierce is probably most well-known screen-wise 
from his role as Detective Bunk Moreland in The Wire, and recently gave an acclaimed performance as Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman in London's West End. Clemency is an important, emotionally devastating film. We will be hosting some online events in partnership with Reclaim the Frame and Come the Revolution. Check in on watershed.co.uk for more information. And that's all for this month.